Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Tech stocks suffered their worst session overnight in the U.S. in six weeks. The Nasdaq dropped nearly 2% amid profit-taking, surging COVID-19 cases, and news that Facebook is being hit with a large antitrust suit. Here in Asia, markets are following the U.S. lower. Seoul has the biggest losses, down 0.8%. Tokyo and Sydney are off about half a percent. Joining me now as we discuss what's behind the selling, he's Ryan Huang. How are you doing, Ryan? Morning, Michelle. Doing good. All right, that's good. I want to start with the antitrust suit that I mentioned in my intro. The U.S. Federal Trade Commission and nearly every U.S. state are suing Facebook. They accuse it of buying up rivals in an effort to illegally squash competition. So, Ryan, what's at the heart of the case? Yeah, so it's behind, uh, I guess, increasing worries around how big tech is too big and how they could be monopolizing the industry, dominating the sector with some what they call legal moves. And this is around this strategy that's called buy and bury. So the FTC and many states are accusing Facebook of using this strategy, essentially just snapping up rivals to prevent them from competing against Facebook. So this is what they are saying happened with WhatsApp and Instagram. And they are seeking to get Facebook to divest these two companies. So this is pretty much the crux of what's going on. They want to unwind the earlier deal that Facebook did many years ago, uh, saying this was unfair and we need to take a closer look at other things that Facebook is doing to make sure there is a level playing field for the rest of the smaller competitors. The thing is, very few major antitrust cases have centered on mergers that were approved years earlier. So US regulators signed off on Facebook acquisitions of Instagram and WhatsApp back during the Obama administration. In a statement, Facebook's general counsel says the US government now wants a do-over and that the lawsuit sends and I quote, a chilling warning to American businesses that no sale is ever final. So, Ryan, is there a chance that these lawsuits could actually lead to Facebook being broken up? Yeah, I would say, I have to say, if you look at what we have in terms of uh, what happened to Microsoft, that took many years to resolve. And there was even a overturn of an earlier decision. So there is a long way to go in terms of appeals, in terms of the legal journey. So don't no, expect this to happen anytime soon. So this is going to go a long way. And if you think about what's going on here, like you mentioned, this was actually approved by regulators. So this has been criticized by Facebook and they are calling it revisionist history. You can't just no, make this go away by unwinding the deal because they are saying Facebook actually invested in the likes of um, what they bought, WhatsApp and Instagram. So th- the reason why they are so successful this time or now is because they've been pumping in money to grow these companies. So that is their argument. And I think they do have a few valid points and it will be very tough to argue or see some uh, resolution or early conclusion, at least, uh, when we do see this in the courts. There's been a chorus of bipartisan support for the lawsuits on Capitol Hill. Facebook Chief Executive Mark Zuckerberg has described a breakup of his company as as an existential threat. Now, investors are going to be watching closely to see what impact the lawsuits could have on future mergers. Remember just last month, Facebook announced that it's buying a customer relationship management startup called Customer, spelled with a K, for close to $1 billion U.S. dollars. 
Facebook shares fell about 2% overnight after the lawsuits were announced and dragged other tech shares lower as well. Now, one company that bucked the trend was DoorDash, made its debut on the New York Stock Exchange last night. So what kind of reception did America's Deliveroo receive from investors? Yeah, so this was closely watched because... It is one of those beneficiaries of the COVID-19 pandemic where you have people ordering more from home because they are forced to stay at home. So food delivery apps were among the winners, so to speak, from the past year. And DoorDash went for an IPO, taking the opportunity, you know, being in the limelight and being in the spotlight and gaining on the business it has been getting for the past few months. They thought, hey, it's time to go for an IPO. And they were right. They had a blockbuster day one, up nearly 85% um, with um, after pricing their IPO at around $102. So a major day one. And this gives them a market cap right now of around $60 billion. This makes them more valuable than Kraft Heinz, Lululemon wow. and Ford. These have been these are companies that have been around for a long time. And another thing I want to point out is DoorDash is actually not making money if you look at the numbers. It is still making losses. And I just want to bring up the losses right now. Mm. So for the first nine months of 2020 to September it made a net loss of $149 million. Not as bad, though, as the 2019 uh, same period of the first nine months, which was $533 million of losses. So they are narrowing losses, but it's still losses. Uh, Revenue is up, of course, with the higher volumes. It's now reporting $1.9 billion in revenue, better than the uh, $587 million it recorded in the previous year. So... It is seeing higher revenue, narrowing losses, but not profitable yet, so to speak. So not something I would look at or you know, in my books, at least. I'm not a big fan of non-profitable companies. DoorDash is the largest US IPO of the year, at least so far. It may be eclipsed tonight, though, by another high-profile listing, that of Airbnb. Airbnb has priced its IPO at $68 a share. That is higher than the expected range. Now, there are several corporate headlines that I want to get to this morning, Ryan. Let's look at them. Game show style, as always. I give you the name of a company, and you tell us why it's making news. Are you ready? Let's go. Starbucks. All right. Starbucks has a brighter outlook and it wants to build 20,000 more cafes on top of its existing 33,000 locations over the next decade. So mm-hmm. it's saying the worst of the pandemic is over. It's time to start building for the future. And this was all part of this Investor Day conference. And it laid out a couple of targets, including expanding its profit margins, boosting its sales outlook, and rolling out new products across the US, such as... Oat milk. Oat milk. I've never tried it. I I suppose it's Doesn't taste at all popular. like milk to me. Just tastes like so. I guess some people like it enough for them to roll it out across <laughs> the US. So maybe this is going to be the next booster for its sales. Yep. Starbucks turns 50 next year and is looking forward to a long runway of healthy growth, according to its CEO. Next up, General Electric. Okay, so this is more bad news for General Electric. They have to pay $200 million to settle charges for apparently misleading investors regarding its power and insurance businesses. So pretty much this revolves around 2016 and 2017 where they 
kind of misled investors around where their profits came from in his GE power business. Gosh. And this was also involving their failure to inform investors about the risks associated with GE Capital, one of its, uh, its, its financial services arm, mm. um, between 2015 and 2017. So not a great look or not a great year for General Electric. Absolutely. GE has agreed to pay a 200 million US dollar fine for misleading investors about its businesses, powering insurance. And the settlement brings to an end a years long investigation into poor business practices under GE's former leadership team. Next up, locally listed media company MM2. Yeah, it's in the news because of an interesting potential merger between Cathay Cinema and Golden Village. And of course, this is interesting because we all have grown up with these two brands. Um, we've gone to the movies, on dates, on group outings. So this is going to be potentially changing the scene, at least locally, for cinemas. You just might get one huge major operator in future. Either we can call it Golden Cate or Cate Villages. I'm not sure what the new entity could be, but this is in the works. And MN2 is trying to merge Cate, which runs eight cinemas here. And Golden Village runs 14. And this is a Hong Kong listed company that owns it right now. So it's in the works, but there are a couple of hoops for them to jump through. Hmm. And we are talking about you know, ironing out the financial terms. You know, they haven't really agreed on what the financial terms are. You also have to get through the approvals of both shareholders on both sides. You also need approval from regulators, authorities on the SGX and the Hong Kong Stock Exchange. And of course, the competition watchdog to make sure there's no antitrust issues around it. So you've got a couple of hurdles to meet before the deadline they have set for this to be met is um, the end of next year. Otherwise, the proposal will collapse and be terminated. So hmm. this is something to watch out for in the next year or so. Didn't you, didn't MM2 just last week announce a, a listing on the catalyst uh, arising from a separate spin-off of its cinema business? That's right. So it just comes one week after they said they are co- going to consider a potential listing for the cinema business, which is, of course, Cathay. And this is something, I think, reflective of how the cinema business in general, has been quite hard hit by COVID-19. The revenues for um, cinema businesses are down. If I just take a quick look at how the contributions of Cathay to MM2 have dropped, you are looking at, in the last uh, numbers, I'm looking at $3.5 million uh, versus over or nearly $50 million for the first half of the year to September. So a huge drop, of course, with Cinemas being shut. You've got also the huge um, film production houses just pulling releases this year. So there is a lot of headwinds and a lot of reason why they are looking for economies of scale, synergies and ways to cut costs. But the separate listing is going to happen concurrently with this merger deal, right? They are still um, exploring it um, Mm. concurrently. So Mm. they've got two separate things working out now. All right. Finally, Elon Musk's SpaceX. Okay, so a bit of a dampener for his space ambitions. So this is this this is what happened this morning. He launched a rocket into space. Everything worked out until the last minute when oh no. the rocket had to come back to Earth and it 
pretty much ended in a explosive fireball. So everything went well. It took <laughs> off well. It flew well. And then it had to land. It was a landing part that didn't work out and it just exploded. And we are just you know, trying to find out more about it right now. Mm. Um, but this was a 6.5 minute flight, test flight. And this was all part of his ambitions to, um, I guess, build towards an eventual passenger flight to Mars. Oh, fortunately, that Starship rocket that did hit its highest altitude was unmanned. Right, as it attempted to land and then crashed. Now, before we check in on local markets, one more piece of news from the UK to highlight. Regulators, they are raising a note of caution about Pfizer-BioNTech, the vaccine. Ryan, what do we need to know? Okay, so a bit of a warning because they are a bit cautious with an, a couple of incidents that have happened, and this is around allergies. So they've got two reactions to the vaccine rollout, Pfizer's vaccine, and they are saying, hey, we need to check this out. Is this related to the uh, vaccine rollout, these uh, two incidents of reactions? So on a precautionary basis, this is what they are calling it, Mm -hmm. they are saying, hey, if you have any allergies, you better have a second thought about it. Maybe it's not time for you to get into the front of the queue, at least, to get the vaccine. Yeah, I imagine the serious reactions that could arise from that. BioNTech shares dropped 4% overnight. They are rallying a bit in after-hours trade. Pfizer fell 1.6% on the news. Now, here at home, the Straits Times Index closed up a bit more than half a percent yesterday at 28.43. Ryan, how's it doing this morning? And is the SDI following Wall Street lower or adding to those gains? Yeah, so overnight, we did get a bit of a tech sell-off, right, with... I guess a stalemate on not just a stimulus front with with lawmakers pointing fingers at each other again. You've got a stalemate on the Brexit front as well. The dinner between Boris Johnson and his EU counterpart did not get any achievements done, I guess. They are kicking the can down the road to Sunday. So that is weighing on sentiment and we are seeing Asian markets down. We've got Singapore STI down by 0.8% at 2,821. So pretty much giving back all the gains it got yesterday, uh, which was up by 0.6%. And looking at some of the top movers, we are tracking, we've talked about the cinema operator MM2 Asia. We are looking at it actually up right now by 1.2%. That is around 0.2 cents at 16.2 cents. And of course, yesterday we saw the likes of the banks leading the way. So let's take a quick look at how banks are doing right now. DBS was leading the way yesterday by over 1.7% and now is down by 1.4%. So a bit of a reversal from yesterday's picture. All right. He's Ryan Huang. I'm Michelle Martin. This is Market View. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.